mobile phones, laptops, tablets, and everything in between. This is Sean and Sean, and you're listening to the Silicon Theory Podcast. Greetings, fellow tech seekers, and welcome to another episode of the Silicon Theory Podcast. I am Sean, your host and moderator, and with me, as always, is Sean P. Say hello, Sean. What's going on, you guys? So, as you've probably guessed, we are going to talk about the Galaxy Note 7 fiasco. We're going to cover a wide range of things, including uh, Sean P.'s hands-on with the phone, to discuss uh, how truly sad it is that the Note 7 doesn't exist in the world anymore. But um, let's uh, let's go ahead and dive right in. Where uh, where do you want to start, Sean? Well, I guess we should discuss what the hell happened, eh? It's probably a good place to start. A beginning is a good place to start. So the Note 7 comes out, gets really good reviews, they start selling it, reports start popping up on the internet of batteries catching fire, which... You know, it's not really a good thing from a consumer electronic product. That's probably not supposed to happen, right? Yeah, so Samsung quickly jumps on it, and they say, hey, we're going to recall all of these, and the explanation given was that their own battery department, Samsung SDI, produced a batch of batteries that had the cathode and anode, I believe, I am not really good with batteries, too close together in some of the cells, and it was causing the fires. So they quickly recalled all of the units, which I believe was 2.5 million units at that point, and they uh, moved all of their battery orders to a manufacturer from China, who I'm forgetting the name of the company. They made a batch of second phones, they replaced the batteries in the first generation phones, and they shipped them out, and these were the units that were uh, denoted by having a green battery icon, and there was a black square on the box. So... Uh, for me personally, I was kind of watching this from a distance and thought, hey, this is probably much ado about nothing. I initially applauded Samsung for jumping on this and taking care of it so quickly. Um, I personally waited until the Gen 2 phones were out. I bought one. I started setting it up. And then all of a sudden, the internet started exploding with stories of second generation units catching fire. So there was a gentleman who was flying on a Southwest flight. His phone caught fire. Um, and there was a you know a picture of the scorch on the carpet of the plane. Uh, another gentleman had one. Uh, it was a, a video in a boardroom of his catching fire, and you know he tossed it down on the ground. And then someone who had it on their bedside. Um, uh, what do you call that bedside nightstand? Uh, nightstand. There, there's the word I'm searching for. And it had also smoked and kind of set fire and did some damage. So. At first, I was kind of watching this going, eh, this can't happen again. Maybe it's just first-gen units that didn't get traded in or they didn't appropriately swap out batteries and all the units and they made some mistakes. And then more reports came out and then more reports came out. And finally, Samsung said, sent out a press release saying, everyone who has these, turn your phone off immediately. And then a day later, they said, we are now killing this product completely, um, which it's kind of unprecedented. I've never ever seen this in any smartphone that I can remember. And indeed, just in general consumer electronics, I can't remember a precedent for this. I remember uh, there was some wearable that was apparently giving people rashes. I remember them recalling that, but it was a relatively small number of units. It was a Fitbit unit, if I remember right. I can't remember. So there's something that floating around. And then there is the infamous Xbox 360 red ring where all of the first generation units eventually red ringed and Microsoft would swap that out for you. So, I mean, some things like this have happened before, but I, I literally cannot remember a consumer electronic of this kind of stature, if you will, being canceled completely. And as you would imagine, the financial damage this does to Samsung is stark. I think 
you know, I think the, the initial damage they were estimating was $19 billion over the course of the next two quarters um, in just lost sales. Not to mention the stock price went down, I think, 5 to 15% over the course of the first week. So, and I think I read that that represented like a $10 billion market cap hit. So needless to say, this is kind of an unmitigated disaster, and that's not going even going into the things like, I mean, there can basically never be a note again. They, they built this brand over the course of years, and it, it kind of had a name for itself as an enthusiast product. I've owned, this was my fourth note. I've owned a, I owned a two, three, five, and seven. Um, and it looks like they're literally going to have to kill the brand. So again, from a dollar standpoint, I don't even think that we know what the damage is yet. It's almost you know incalculable at this point because they're still dealing with the fallout. But this whole thing is... I kind of I'm, I'm sitting here laughing. You can probably hear because it's still to me it, it feels unreal. Like this can't actually happen except for it actually happened. I know that we had several conversations during the course of the couple of weeks leading up to this, and it, it was something like, "Is this real life? Is this actually happening?" And the only comparable event to a major technology company that I can think of is the um, iPhone antenna gate situation where the famous uh, Apple comeback was, hey, when your uh, signal attenuates because you've got your hands on the antenna, you're holding it wrong. But Steve Jobs canceled his vacation. He came back. He promised everybody a free bumper to fix the problem. And it was a huge black eye for Apple. And their phones weren't actually exploding. I I was going to say, there's a big difference between dropping a call and hey, this might set your room on fire. <laughs> like, or, or your Jeep or your six-year-old's hand or something like that. Oh, and by the way, the device doesn't even have to be on. It might just spontaneously catch fire while it's powered down. What um, What's actually causing the problem, Sean? We still don't know, which is unreal. So as this has all come out, they... They initially did the quick recall, and it sounds like Samsung had 100 people in a lab basically beating the heck out of these phones, you know, charging them, doing all kinds of things, completely unable to reproduce the problem. Never been able to reproduce a problem in a lab. Uh, It's been another couple of weeks, and a report came out today that they've now delayed um, some of the work on the Galaxy S8 for two weeks because they are still completely unable to figure out what's causing this problem. I've seen some conjecture from various people, one of which was uh, the battery is right close to the curve of the phone near the top, and what may be happening is as the chassis flexes a little bit, the cells inside of the battery are it's bending basically in that corner section, which causes the battery to eventually fail. Hmm. But this is conjecture. The short answer is nobody has actually been able to figure out why this happened or what's causing the problem, Samsung included. That's crazy. And especially with all of the money that went into R&D and the producing of the phone, and then to have recalled it, and then to have released a product that they claim was safe, they had to have had some kind of idea initially as to what was causing the problem, and then subsequently tried to fix that. And that still, again, is not the cause of these problems. There was a report from the New York Times a while ago that said that Samsung didn't have any clue, and it's that's been probably two weeks, and they're still not any closer, it sounds like. Yeah, it, it doesn't sound like it. And the thing that has really bothered me about this whole thing is there's not really that much different about this phone. And what I mean by that is it's using a Snapdragon 820, just like literally every other flagship has used this year. The battery capacity is 3,500 milliamp hours, which is a little big, but 
the Galaxy S7 Edge used a 3600 milliamp hour battery and didn't have these problems. Um, the Galaxy S7 Edge also had a more pronounced curve to it, so that's a little strange because you would think if it was curve related, that could be the issue. Um, the Exynos 8890, which is the processor that's running the international model, was the same thing that was running the international model and the Canadian S7 Edge. So when you look at everything, there's nothing logical about what's happening here. Like, it's not the processor because it's at use in virtually every other phone. Uh, it's not the capacity or the battery because these are the same manufacturers they've all, always used in literally hundreds of millions of phones over the years, Samsung. So it, it really is kind of a head scratcher. I look at it and I go, I've yet to just see anything that makes a lot of sense to me, and a lot of people are guessing out there, but we really don't know. Samsung doesn't know, and maybe that's kind of the scariest part to me is how do you prevent this from happening again if you're Samsung, if you're completely unable to determine what caused this in the first place? And you can also scratch the fast charging off of that list because the Galaxy S7 and S7 Edge use the same wattage and fast charger that the... um, Note 7 does, and none of those are presumably a heck of a lot fewer than the Note 7's exploded were using it. Now, the only difference is obviously the Note 7 had USB Type-C, and the regular Galaxy S7 and S7 Edge use a different type of connector, but it is the same fast charging and the same voltage. So, so and I have seen a rumor on this, too, um, basically saying that Samsung tweaked, it's, it's called PMIC, and I can't remember what it stands for, but there's a whole system, and I think it's like five components, basically, that, that govern fast charging. Hmm. So one of the first rumors was they changed the settings in the kernel, and it was overcharging the battery. But someone did an actual teardown of the kernel and found that the, all of the rates and values are the exact same as the S7 and the S7 Edge, which have not been a victim of fire, so it seemed to rule that out. Uh, someone did say, though, that Samsung, I guess, tweaked and does tweak the PMIC settings and the hardware quite a bit more than other manufacturers do. And that it is possible that something they did there could be the cause. So maybe what's happening again, though, this is a guess, is the system is overcharging the battery and little by little it damages it over time. Hmm. And then it causes the battery to eventually fail. And, you know, batteries have different tolerances. So some of the units that may just not have been quite as up to snuff from a quality standpoint go first. But again, there's no actual proof to back that. This is just a conjecture. There's a lot of armchair peop- engineers, I guess, at this point looking for answers, but we just don't have any. What do you think this means for Samsung long term? Well, let's look at it from two perspectives. Let's. What does it mean for Samsung in the short term, obviously, in terms of financial impact and lost sales? And then what might it mean long term with a couple of competitors, uh, one of which we'll do a little bit of a deeper dive into a little bit later, but uh, with a couple of competitors being out in the marketplace right now or potentially coming out into the marketplace soon. So first, let me say this. As I said, I've had four notes, and uh, for my money, generally, they've been the best, the most well-rounded device that you can get, which is why I kept buying them. And the Note 7, I kind of, you know, you heard me on the podcast after the announcement and everything else kind of really giving Samsung a hard time because I thought it was insanely overpriced and maybe not as much of a leap as it should have been. So I waited till the prices went down, bought the international model, and I'll just say this. I only used it for a very brief period of time. I used it for roughly five days. And it's the best one I've ever used. And and here's why. There's, there's a long list, really. Um, the form factor is just outstanding. It's a 5.7-inch phone, but because of the subtle curve on the front and then the matching curve on the back, 
it feels small in your hand. I know that's ridiculous to say. I mean, the Note phone was the giant phone, but this is a 5.7 inch phone that felt small in your hand. And compared to my Note 5, which I've always been very happy with, significantly lighter, significantly easier to hold, um, better in every way from a form factor standpoint. I would argue it's virtually the perfect form factor for a large phone, as a a matter of fact. Um, Beyond that, the phone was just freaking awesome. And I know I sound like a fanboy. This sounds terrible, but um, (laughs) the battery life was insane. Much better than my Note 5, which already got great battery life. The camera was significantly better than I was expecting. We actually went to the San Diego Zoo during some of one of the days that I owned the phone and was using it. And the phone's lightning fast, didn't take a bad picture. I mean, just perfect. The screen, as you would expect, awesome. Uh, it's an AMOLED. It's actually not like a huge leap over the Note 5 when you put them side by side, but it was better and brighter. Um, so the phone, you know, SD card slot, 64 gig memory, fast. I had the Exynos version, so everything was lightning fast when you're doing anything in the OS. And, and kind of oddly enough, the phone never got warm. The entire time, setting it up, using it or whatever, it actually seemed to run cooler than my Exynos 7420 powered Note 5. So Too soon? Kind of ironic, right? Yes. Um, so the phone's great. And to me, that's maybe one of the worst things about all of this is I'm kind of surveying the market now, and I have a couple friends that own the Notes too, and you see a lot of this online. There really isn't like a ready alternative that I think you would consider to do all of the things that the Note 7 does. Um, you have the Pixel XL, you have the LG V20, and both of them are really well-rounded devices and do a lot of great things. But when you look at the totality of features, the form factor, and everything else, again, in my opinion, the Note 7 was kind of in a class of itself. So this sounds kind of ridiculous, but I feel kind of sad that it's gone because I'm looking around now going, I don't really know what to do next. So. To answer your question, what does this do to Samsung's brand? Incalculable damage is my answer to that question. They could not have picked a worse year. They rushed it to market to beat an iPhone that they thought was going to be a relatively safe redesign so they could pick up sales. Well, next year, it's not going to be a safe redesign. The iPhone 8 looks like it's going to be a tremendous phone, so they're in trouble there. They also picked the year that Google decided, hey, we're going to make hardware top-down, and we're going to put a ton of money into marketing it and build two really, really awesome phones. So that's happening. And then you have the V20, which is a great phone. It's really well-rounded, removable battery. It still has an IR blaster and a lot of great features. So the competition has stepped it up, and Samsung literally is now out of the market as far as that's concerned. Um, Going forward, they've done an okay job of handling this. Um, I have my, and this is no joke, fireproof box that I have to use gloves to put the phone into to ship back coming in the next few days. We're hopefully going to have a video of that. Uh, we're going to call it a reboxing coming soon to SiliconTheory.com. <laughs> to Samsung's credit, when I called in, it was a 40-minute wait, which is to be expected because everyone's calling right now. I have an international model. They didn't know what to do with it at first. I told They said, hey, you need to deal with Samsung Singapore, which is the model that I have. And I said, hey, even if I could, I can't ship it back because it's illegal to put it on a plane now, which is a problem. So uh, I spoke to a supervisor and long story short, they called me back on Monday. Uh, This was a Friday I initially called as they promised. And they've been great about, you know, kind of managing the issue. But the fact remains, they're actually shipping me a fireproof box that I have to use gloves to put a phone into. Think about that for a second. If I had 
come up with this as a storyline for a movie or a, like a you know TV special, people would have said, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That would never happen in real life. And yet sometime in the next few days, I'm going to put on white Michael Jackson-esque gloves, put my basically incendiary device in a fireproof box and ship it back to Samsung. So um, that's happening. The bigger problem for their brand going forward is what the hell do they do? It, they still have not figured out why this happened. So when the S8 comes out, and it's supposed to come out in February, the S8 and the S8 Edge, do you feel safe buying it if you still have no idea what caused this problem in the first place? I'm kind of a Samsung fanboy, which I'll admit to, and the S8 Edge has been on my radar already as like, that's probably the next phone that I would realistically buy. But if they still haven't figured out what caused this problem, I might have to take a long, deep breath and even go, I don't know, like, what do I do with this? Um, today there was a rumor out, so Samsung's basically giving people $100 credit if they go from a Note 7 to another Samsung product, an S7 and S7 Edge specifically. And then the rumor today is for those people that swapped their phone out twice and then stayed loyal and bought a Samsung S7 or an S7 Edge, for some nominal fee or maybe even free, they're going to let you upgrade to an S8 when it comes out. But again, like, if they haven't figured out what caused this problem, I, I just, I don't see how this is going to be anything other than a disaster now. This is all over the internet. It's a meme. President Obama is making jokes about it. It can't fly. It can't go on a train. There's a Grand Theft Auto V mod where instead of, instead of a Molotov cocktail, it's a Samsung Galaxy Note 7 that you toss at things and blows up. So recovering from that, even for a company as large as Samsung, and even if you do everything right, I don't know. I read that Apple will sell 8 million additional iPhone 7 Pluses. They think a good number of people are going to defect to that. And probably once they do, they'll probably never come back to both Android and Samsung. And then you have the LG V20 and the Pixel XL, which the Pixel XL, everyone said, oh, it's too expensive. We won't cover this in our next one. And then it's been perpetually sold out since it got announced. So I have to imagine sales are pretty good. Verizon is pushing it like crazy. And I see ads on the NFL, The Walking Dead, presidential debate. So Google obviously spending a fair bit of money on it. So it's like, once people defect and they move on to something else, are they coming back? I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know where this puts Samsung. I think the damage is probably permanent. It's crazy that kind of like you've already touched on their their big strategy for rushing rushing this fantastic super phone to market. Uh, ultimately ended up backfiring and is allowing phones which are great in their own right but probably wouldn't be considered as competitors to the Note 7. I mean, literally the 128 gig Pixel XL basically costs the same as a Note 7. And I think if you talk to any rational person, even no matter how much they like Google and how much they like the Pixel XL, there's no way from a value proposition standpoint you could choose it over the Note 7. Um, the LG V20 will probably be $150 less, but also isn't water and dust resistant and doesn't have as nice of a screen, has a much bigger overall form factor. And other than the removable battery, and maybe if you're an audiophile, the quad DAC, which 100% of people don't care about, um, it is in, in very, very many significant ways worse than the Note 7. So I don't know that you'd really want to downgrade for $150 to, to get a, a worse-ish phone. 
But you, you're not. When you say downgrade, you act as though the Note Seven is still available, and it's not. This and and is true. this is something that we've kind of gone back and forth from. I have a couple friends that have been going through this, and they're and they're talking about, oh, I'm downgrading to something else, and it's like, actually, no, you're going from a product that no longer exists to a different product because that's that's where we are now. Um, this is serious enough that. The, the word on the street is Verizon's going to blacklist all of the Note 7 IMEIs as of November 8th, meaning if you own one, it will no longer function on their network. And eventually, probably the rest of the networks will do the same. So even if you're one of the hardcore people that plan on holding on to this phone, you effectively have a fancy uh, doorstop in your hand because it won't be useful as a phone anymore. And even going beyond that, it's like, look, Samsung is not going to support this anymore. So no updates, nothing ever. The resale value, even if you could sell it legally, is nothing. So when people are talking about downgrading or they're talking about you know whatever else they're talking about, it, it yeah, it's super unfortunate and there's nothing that quite touches it in my opinion, as far as the overall feature set. But we're also talking about a product that for all intents and purposes does not exist anymore. It's, it is a dead product. It's never going to be produced again. And that's where we're at. So it's, this is the reality. You can either have nothing and go back to whatever phone you were using before, or you look at other alternatives on the market. And it, the Note 7 effectively is now vaporware. It's, it's a product that does not exist anymore. So it still it's even saying that still blows my mind. This is just something I, I can hardly I can scarcely believe that this happened. That a company as large as Samsung, with all the resources and R and D and all of these things, could screw up a product so bad, recall it once, blame their own subsidiary for the battery problem. Which, you know, if you're another company that was buying batteries, are you going to look at Samsung SDI now that they threw themselves under the bus and said they're the ones that made the bad battery? I, Every step of the way with this is just an unmitigated disaster, and it's sh- it's actually shocking in 2016 that this happened to me. I, I can't believe it. it. It is something out of a movie, for sure, and uh, what makes it even worse is it's such a great phone, and so many people were thinking of holding on to it because even with the risk of it blowing up, it's so good, they still wanted to keep it. Now, obviously, all of the carriers blacklisting their IMEI numbers would pose a significant challenge to actually using it in a day-to-day basis. So you're right. It's not a downgrade. It's you're going from whatever the phone was that you had before the Note 7 because the Note 7 has ceased to exist. Rest in peace, Note 7. We barely knew you. And Samsung, boy... does this give an opening to everyone else? The HTC 10 that no one gave a second look to, HTC dropped it down to $550 right as this all was happening, and now a lot of people are giving it a second look because it's actually a great phone and the price is right. The Pixel XL launched, and Google could not have asked for something better than this. We had discussed Google kind of did the Pixel, we think, because it's a hedge against Samsung, right? Samsung had become synonymous with Android. People were basically thought that Samsung was Android. Their version of Android was the furthest away from what Google wanted. And so they were finally going to release this hardware that, let's face it, we don't really know what it would have looked like. They were going to always put considerable energy into it. But boy, it makes it a lot easier to compete when your biggest competitor literally falls off of the planet. So uh, it's, I, I don't know. Samsung has laid out the red carpet for everyone else. I'm not sure what damage this does to them long term, but boy, their phones better kick ass next year because Apple's going to release 
an awesome iPhone. You better believe the next Pixel is going to be better. It looks like LG's slowly getting its act together. And even HTC released a pretty awesome phone this year. That's not even mentioning the Chinese companies like Huawei and Xiaomi that may come into our, our market. So it's like, boy, I, this is an epic fall from grace for a company that was really riding high this year. There isn't really anything that compares to this. We've already talked about it historically. There's there's not much that is even in the ballpark of what this is. So the jury being out on how it's going to impact Samsung is because this literally has never happened before in the history of smartphone manufacturers. Um, I guess we'll see. Good luck, Samsung. You're going to need it. Yeah, and you guys can all look forward to in about six months uh, my justification for why I'm buying an S8 Edge. I'm sure it'll be great. Uh, it'll be me groveling to you guys and explaining why I was wrong and how Samsung's regained our trust. So, you know, that'll be something you can look forward to in the future. <laughs> <laughs> True that. True that. Um, anything else we need to cover before we wrap it up? Boy, no. If we ever figure out the cause of this, uh, we'll get back to you guys. But I'm not convinced Samsung's ever going to figure out the cause of this. So, um, you know, if nothing else, maybe they can sell these to the U.S. Army as some kind of uh, grenade that we can use in our fight against ISIS when America's great again. A real-life GTA <laughs> Five mod. We'll put it into play. Well, that's it for this episode, guys. Uh, Again, you can find us at SiliconTheory.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at SiliconTheory. And if you like the podcast, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite platform. We're on iTunes, Google Play Music, and SoundCloud. Leave us a five-star review if you're so inclined. We greatly appreciate it. And uh, hang in there. We'll catch you in the next one. Guys, thank you. God, this is depressing. I feel like I need to pour one out. Do it. (laughs) Good night. (laughs)